0: Welcome to Better Reading. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Now, Elizabeth is a successful screenwriter and playwright. She is the author of the hit play Secret Bridesmaids Business, which was adapted into a telemovie and in 2019, a TV series of the same name. She co-created the much-loved ABC drama Bed of Roses and more recently wrote on every season of Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries and Miss Fisher's Modern Murder Mysteries. They're based on, is it Greenway? Who are those? Yeah, names? Kerry Greenwood. Carrie Kerry Greenwood. Greenwood's novels, yeah. Yeah, I met her a few years About ago. About Miss Bryony Fisher, yeah. Yes, that's right. Mm. So Elizabeth's latest novel is called A Dance With Murder. It's the second novel in the Ted Bristol series full of charm, mystery, murder and ballet. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that lovely? I I like that descriptor. (laughs) I don't think I've ever said ballet, murder and mystery in the one sentence before. Oh, there you go. I've given you that gift. I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, So you've been writing for a long time. I have. I
2: have. I've been uh, writing for the screen for Australian TV for about 30 years and I've also been a playwright. I've kind of alternated between the two. I got my first job as a trainee script assistant on Home and Away in the same year that I got into the NIDA playwrights' studio. So So I sort of have combined the two for a long time, although I haven't written a play for a while, but um, there's been mainly screenwriting and now the novels. So excuse my
0: ignorance, Elizabeth, Mm -hmm. is there a lot of difference between playwright and screenplay?
2: Well, it's kind of hard to define the difference. Uh, I guess, although screenwriting has changed so much, you know, in the last several years because of streaming, I would have said that with stage, you can have more dialogue. It can be more dialogue driven. But now a lot, a lot of you know the prestige streaming stuff is very dialogue driven. So I guess some people would say it's higher, higher concept. You know, you you, you want to do something that's visual, very visual as well mm. as emotional. But you know, again, that applies to TV as well. It's it's really hard. Mm. <laughs> it's hard to define the Mm. difference especially well obviously a play is a one-off whereas more often than not in tv you're writing as part of something you know you're writing episode x or even if you create the whole series it's all there's small parts of the larger whole whereas a play is a one-off thing that exists Mm. in its own right Mm. so perhaps that's the biggest difference
0: I was fun. talking to an author recently, I can't remember who now, about the difference between writing a screenplay and writing uh, fiction, mm. which is what you've done. And do you know, um, for the untrained eye like myself, in terms of screenplays, I've only seen a few. And when I have, I look at them and I just think, there's not enough words. I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> don't you think? Did, were you actually discouraged from using lots of words?
2: Yeah. Less the less the words, the better. So all those, you know, what we call it, the big print, that's the descript- descriptive passages. Um, you're really encouraged to keep that really tight and not rabbit on. And the same with dialogue. You're supposed to keep things very sparse. I mean, there are always shows that break the rules, like Breaking Bad and shows that have a lot are very dialogue driven. But as a rule, it's kind of keep it sparse and um, let the pictures tell the story which was interesting, you know, when I wrote my first novel, trying to, realising that I had to actually tell, you know, I had to explain the context. I couldn't just cut to a fantastic sunset. I had to describe the sunset, you know. I couldn't cut out of a scene if I didn't, it wasn't quite working or I couldn't quite work out, you know, you, it's your, you, you you have to sit with it and make it work. I mean, you do that with screenplays anyway, but you you have less tool, you have less places to hide. With a novel, definitely, Mm, as a writer,
0: yeah. Okay, so talk to me about the transition and why. Like why is it that you decided you were going to write fiction and talk Mm -hmm. to me about the technical transition.
2: Yeah, I like, I I always like a new challenge and I felt like I'd mastered screenwriting. Um, Plus screenwriting is really collaborative, which in some ways is great, but, there are a lot of compromises because of budget and things like that. There are often a lot of people on high who have opinions, networks, producers who give you lots and lots of notes all the time, notes you may not agree with, it, but you have to service them anyway. And then you might, you know, you're writing this amazing scene, but then they ring you up on the day. We can't shoot it, it's raining. You're to have to move it inside. And it's just, it's the outside. No, 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 it's got to be inside oh, no, you can't do that. Red pencil through scenes. We can't afford it. You know, can't do that. Can't do that. Can't do that. So I just really wanted to write something that was completely 100% mine. And also, it doesn't matter where I can have a million people in a scene if I want. No one's going to say to me, you can't afford it. You can know? have 200 fire jets or something like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and um, I also wanted to dig deeper into character. I'm really interested in character. And so I wanted to have the chance just kind of dig really deeply into character and get to know my characters really, really well and kind of put them in the skewer and put them under pressure and see how they responded. So I think it was, yeah, a combo of wanting a new challenge, wanting to the freedom to craft it exactly what how I wanted with minimal interruption. And yeah, and just digging even deeper into character.
0: Yeah. So then you've got all of that, but then you have mm-hmm. to sit down and make that happen. That's a nice. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, listen, I knew nothing about it, so what I did
2: was I kind of went, okay. I did some research and I thought, well, the average—it seemed. Let's call it a hundred thousand words. Let's mm-hmm. say I'm aiming for a hundred thousand words. So how many words on a one page? And I worked out that was a roughly five hundred pages. Five hundred words on a page, typed. So then I thought okay well I had my story because I'll start with my story you know eight or ten pages long so I pretty much know what I want to happen but it was literally like okay it's 200 pages long so that means that this needs to happen I'm guessing that probably needs to happen around page thirty and I suppose that needs to happen around page seventy so was that rudiment yeah was that well was that rudimentary because yeah. I like to get the I'm a fan of things happening. I like a story that moves along.
1: Mm.
2: I'm, love character, so but I love like characters. Yeah, I like a story that because there's a lot of, there's only so much descript, beautiful descriptive language I can read. I mean, I don't appreciate it and, oh, that's beautiful, but I need more. <laughs> I want a story, characters I can engage with and twists and turns and things. So, yeah, so I guess I started out with going, okay, I'm guessing this here, this here, this here, and then I wrote to that. And I just did what I always do with my writing Is I always call I call it my spew draft, which is the first draft, where I just spew it all out and it's terrible. I don't go back. I don't try and edit anything because I feel like until I've got that whole shape, I don't actually know. There's no point in me editing chapters two and making it perfect if once I've got the whole thing I've realised, oh, my God, I don't need chapter two. I have to lose it. So I like to get the whole thing down fast, not you know, um, beat myself up about how bad it is, and then look at it when it's oh, almost. You know, a Elizabeth,
0: point. you probably mm. will not know this, but I've mm. I've spoken to over five hundred authors, or close to, mm. them, right? Wow, and no one's ever used the word "spew draft." <laughs> <laughs> that's a well, first funny. for me, and I've heard. Oh, there you go. I've heard, You've heard everything. I'm yes,
2: pleased. That's new that's to what? me. That's what I've always called a spew draft. Actually, a friend of mine teaches screenwriting at Deakin University yeah. and she said, she tells the writers, oh, my friend, you know, she calls it her spew draft and now they're all emailing her and stuff. I've done I've done my spew draft, you know. <laughs>
0: that's but that's funny. just
2: how I think of
0: it, you know, okay. that first. So you've got your spew draft. Then are you, yeah. well, I guess you were just finding your way. Did you do the first lot of edit? than yourself oh absolutely absolutely so I wouldn't give it to anyone yet because I wouldn't Mm -hmm.
2: I need to know for me I need to know how I what I think before I get notes from anyone else so that I don't kind of get confused I need to know yeah actually I agree with that or I'm not sure I just need to know how I feel about it so my process would be spew draft leave it go away do something else leave it for a month or so come back with fresh eyes read it then I would do, okay, don't need that, don't need that, don't need that. That's too long, missing this. That shouldn't happen. That happens, should happen over there. Ending isn't working, whatever. And then I do that another draft answering all those things. And then I would give it, then I have a couple of readers I trust who I would give it to. And then they'll give me, but I would only do give it to them after I've read it myself. So I'd do that second draft where I cleaned up the spew draft, again, leave it, put it in, in a drawer leave it for a month or two, come back, read it, okay, this is what I think, Uh, okay, that's working, that's not, and then give it to the people I um, trust and then get their feedback and then combine the feedback. Mm. But, you know, I'm making it sound like,
0: I think I'm making it sound easier than it is. <laughs> mm. No, it doesn't sound easy at all <laughs> to it? me. It's quite um, torture. So talk to me about the process of being published too because that mm-hmm. is another process, isn't it? It's another journey. Mm. Mm. Um, and, mm. you might, and a lot of people have got a lot of books in them or a, a lot of books in their do- top drawer and they've never been mm. published. Well, I'm lucky
2: because uh, I've got a well-established agent for my screenwriting so he was able to send Send the books out, and um, Pantera Press picked up *A Routine Infidelity*, and they've been great. They've been really yeah, terrific. Yeah, they are. So yeah, yeah, they're really nice. Kathy Hassett, my publisher, is really great.
0: That's and really, how did yeah, you find good. the process, the editorial process? Because it would have been first—a first for you. To have oh, for- the editorial! Oh my goodness, it was so easy compared to.
2: Oh, yeah. just, I just found it really respectful. So quite often in TV. This is happens less. It's starting to change, but certainly for the bulk of the time I've been writing, you know, you ha- deliver a third draft script, and then you see it on air six months later, and you're like, "What happened?" This, all these people have rewritten it, actors, makeup people, whatever. Everyone has a bash at it. Whereas with editing, the process is—it's uh, just so I find it so respectful. You know, they say, "Oh, here here are the suggestions," but they always, always say. But it's up to you.
0: You know, it's your decision. You don't have to do any of well, this. Well, this is where the pencil came in. I don't know if, how you're doing it electronically, I guess, now. But, you mm. know, it wasn't that long ago when editors would mark, do the markup in pencil because, oh, really? it, wasn't, because it wasn't permanent. And so oh, that wow. was out of respect to the author.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I, do, feel, I, I do feel much more respected as yeah. an author, yeah. The, I, do, I do find the process much more respectful, for sure. Yeah.
0: Mm. Although okay. it is it is electronic,
2: it's not pencil.
0: <laughs> no, I think that yeah. most people have moved on. I don't know anyone yeah. who still does yeah. that. But I remember when I first discovered that, I thought I liked mm. it. I like the idea mm. of that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind so of romantic, t- isn't it? It is in a way, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. And it's also important to understand that there's a relationship. Like, you know, I mean, I've I've spoken to many people who, you know, have written supposedly their first book and not had a published. Mm-hmm. but, oh, but I don't want to be edited. And I think, well, if you think about it, it's a whole group of people wanting your book to be the best it can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: I didn't re- I wasn't aware of that. I mean, And it's all, yeah, and you, if you don't agree with it, you don't have to do it. Mm. And I find because the process is respectful and they say you don't have to do this, it makes them more inclined to agree with what they think or, you know, give it more time, you know, give it more consideration.
0: Yeah. Mm. No, well, I, I mean, they, they want that book to sell, you know, that's what they want. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So tell me Those about. Do we all... Yes, of course. <laughs> tell me about subject matter and how it is you came to write Mystery, Murder and Ballet.
2: Well, I really loved writing Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries for the ABC and it was really, I think that really taught me how to construct a good clue trail for a, a murder clue trail and I really liked the tone. It was a really fine line, the tone, so it really taught me to tread that really delicate line between funny and serious because obviously crime is a real thing. There's a real dead body there. They have real people grieving for them. You can't stand over a dead body cracking why you know, cracking wise It's all about learning how and when it's appropriate with that lighter tone. Plus I that's just my natural style is kind of I always find myself musing myself and kind of heading in that direction. So I just thought I'd really like to do that, those skills I've learned, but be able to dig into the character more deeply. I didn't want it to be purely procedural, you know, purely crime, crime step one, step two, step three. I really wanted to have a central character who was damaged, who had some history, who was trying to, you know, been self-sabotaging and, you know, her interactions with people around her and how her past impacted on her job and why her job was so important to her considering her past and how it all implodes and that was Ruby Infidelity*, really book one and then I've just continued it on with Dance with Murder because I really loved Ted I didn't I didn't want to say goodbye to her yet I feel like because when it's working it's just so fun you know I just feel like I'm hanging out with these fun people yeah. and Ted is You know, I've always been a bit of a people pleaser and Ted, I love how Ted, she's not afraid of us, never saw an argument she didn't like, you know, and she'll barge in where angels fear to tread. A lot of it's bravado, but she still still does that. I really like that about her. She's funny. So she's
0: able to do what you can't do. Yeah, yeah. And so I enjoyed
2: hanging out with her. And the reason this has ballet in it is because one of her clients is a ballerina, a client who comes to her with a stalking case.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that if you know when you're writing fiction, are you thinking that how this can be turned into a screenplay, like the reverse, and could it ever be a TV series?
2: Well, it's interesting. A lot of people say to me, "Oh, this is really visual. I can really see it as TV," but that's and that's because probably, of your experience. Yeah, it's probably just natural that yeah. I write. I write that way. Um, no, it is possible. A couple of producers have the books at the moment. So we'll see, who knows? Who knows? You never know with these things. But no, I do think it would adapt. Mm. I do think it would adapt well. Mm. Mm.
0: I remember um, years and years ago when Matt Riley bought out his first book. Do you know Matt? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, you know, you know, and everybody kept saying he hasn't sold film rights yet. He hasn't sold film rights. Well, because I don't know if you remember, there was that much in it, in mm-hmm. terms of uh, the expense would have been through the roof. And I, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't. I can't see that that's going to make its way to television mm. or, or mm. a movie set, of course, mm. because mm. of the cost, you know. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. know that. And even if you're not using it, it is something that you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. And there's no kind of exotic machines or locations no. really no, that's in right. uh, Dance with Murder or um, Routine of Fidelity. So mm. go back and tell me how it is that you came to writing. Were you, when you were at school, was it something that you always thought you wanted to do? I mean.
2: Yeah, I always did. I always wanted I like to be a novelist or I started out wanting to be a journalist and then I grew up in Newcastle and I went to. Um, I love Newcastle, when, by the way. Yeah, when I grew up there, it wasn't as cool as it is now. It's so wonderful. <laughs> I know, it's great. It's no, I've still got two sisters there, both live right on the beach, so that's them. really nice, yeah yeah anyway I grew up there and I went for work experience in an advertising agency as copywriter in year 12 and then when I finished my HSC they offered me a job so I started off as a copywriter and then I went to Sydney as a copywriter but I was always writing my own things writing little plays Mm -hmm. and things and then a friend of mine who was at New South Wales Uni she was asked to direct a play for the Drama Mm -hmm. Society and she'd always wanted to direct brand new play. She asked me if I'd like to write one. I am like, oh okay. Sounds so fun. And I wrote it and I discovered that I really liked, you know, writing for performance and I love writing dialogue. And so then I would just started doing little things like that. And not long after I sent some stuff to the, the script producer at home and away at the same time as I applied for NIDA, the NIDA Playwright Studio. And I was really lucky that just happened to be a job uh, coming up in Home and Away in four months' time, and yep. I got into the playwright studio as well. So, so that's why I did combine the
0: two, you know, switch between the two for quite a while. So you've gone mm. from writing copywriting, which is tiny, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> thirty seconds. Although you can fit more in thirty seconds than you think. <laughs> and then you've gone to screenwriting, and now yeah, pledge novel. More and more words.
2: Obviously, yes. I just couldn't get enough words. I need more words. Give yeah. me more words
0: in my life. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, will, you, yeah. will you continue novel writing or are you doing both or that's... No, I'm doing both. I'm still with oh, screenwriting.
2: Yeah. yeah, I will because I love it. I just, yeah,
0: I really yeah. love it. And are you mm. trying to do
2: one book a year? It won't be a book this year, but ideally it's very difficult when with the screenwriting as well. It's tricky mm. to marry the two and the first Ted Bristol book happened quite not easily but you know it took only took me about nine months whereas the second one for many reasons took over two years so you just don't know um how long we're going to take so um but yes definitely I definitely
0: want to do it keep doing it because I love okay. it oh good mm. on you okay well we love reading it Elizabeth thank you so much for your time um welcome. and we'll thank have, you we'll have you back for your next book Okay, great. Look forward to it. (laughs) If you'd like more information about Better Reading, follow us on Facebook or visit betterreading.com.au.
1: This podcast is proudly sponsored by Belinda Audio. Belinda Audio books are available on CD and MP3 from online booksellers and bookshops everywhere. Or you can download from Audible, Google Play, or the iBookstore. We've also created our own app called Borrowbox that's available from both the App Store and Google Play. All you need to do to get it working is to download the app, join your local public library, and you'll gain access to the world's best collection of ebooks and e audiobooks available for you to loan on your phone or your personal device. Belinda, we're here to enable you to escape imagine, grow, and be inspired through the power of storytelling. Belinda Audiobooks, anywhere, everywhere.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and check out the other podcasts on the Better Reading Network.